backgrounds and um, it, it's a process, but um, we've identified somebody that um, would come in as a public information officer until we hire an additional one. So we, um, we are in the process, they're in the backgrounds. On an average, the background, because it's, um, if it's a new employee, they have to go through the backgrounds. They have to six to nine months if we're lucky based on their background. But if they're an internal body, it's just a transfer. But this one was not an employee of the Sheriff's Department or LA County. So we're going through the background process. And as of right now, don't quote me, but I want to say we're probably four or five months into the background. But I can get a follow-up to see where we're at. But we've identified somebody that can help us in pushing out this information out to our public. Okay. And this is a sworn officer? No, it's going to be a civilian. A civilian? Okay. Yeah, I mean, it would be great for someone to just blast this everywhere. So, all right, thank you. Uh, yes, go ahead, Commissioner. Hi, uh, Happy New Year to you both. Um, thanks for the presentation. I just had a question. Uh, there was a pretty high-profile incident, um, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, involving an actor and those sort of roving uh, motorcycle gang, I don't know what you call them, honestly. They said cyclists, which I don't think was, gave the right indication because it was like the ATVs and, how big of an issue are those for you guys? I mean, you see them, you know, going down the street. I'm just curious, is that becoming worse? In the city of West Hollywood, we've only had, I think, two separate incidents where we've had where they didn't create a disturbance while they were here, except for one where uh, I know one of our commissioners was involved, uh, was part of that. But it's only been two incidents that we've had calls of, never any injuries. And again, we recommend if stay in your car, don't come out. Um, the incident that happened outside of our jurisdiction, it was in a, what they call a bike takeover. There was a few bikers there, but I can't say what the, why the pro high-profile person came out of their vehicle. I don't know what the instance was, but we recommend even if if there's damage to your vehicle, even if there's just call 911, don't, because you're going to be outnumbered. I mean, he, he came out based on the video that I saw, and they could have been potential for further injury if everybody would have been involved in, and tried the assault. So uh, two incidents here, and we have a plan if at the sheriff's station here, uh, we have a plan if there is a takeover. Um, Obviously, I won't tell you what the plan is because we can't put that out, but we already have planned for when we first saw them off of Malrose and the city of L.A. Thank you very much. Um, Commissioner Ramian? Okay. Um, I have two quick questions. I'm just curious, the Warhol theft, um, was that residential or was that a gallery? It was a gallery. It was a, uh, a gallery at a, um, on Melrose. Okay. And you said the... Um, Paintings have been recovered, right? Yes, they right. both were recovered. And we have an idea of how many deputies we have. I'm just curious, how many detectives do we have working in our station? Uh, our station is staffed with uh, 10 detectives and two traffic detectives. Okay. Is that pretty standard, a standard number, or um, is it done by the size of the city? It's, it's all a numbers game. It, it's all based on um, s the station demographics, where how many residents, how many reports are coming in. Um, th there's just some formula, essentially, that, that they determine. Um, I'm not privy as to what it is, but um, the numbers that we have are, are pretty consistent across the board with the Sheriff's Department staffing of detectives. Okay, thank you. 
Um, Dr. Rivas, um, I just want to make sure we don't have any public uh, comments in chambers. Um, yep, we have not received any public comment slips, so no, okay. not at this time. Great, thank you. So um, if no other commissioners have any other questions, uh, did you have another one? Yeah, go ahead. Thank you, Chair Holman. Um, Lieutenant Sergeant, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond, and I want to be very, very careful here. For minor traffic violations, when you pull over people for a minor traffic violation, does race come into play? Normally, it's a, not normally, you, we stop people for the violation. Um, nine out of ten times, we don't see the race until we're up into the driver's side of, of when we're contacting them. So for us, it's a, it's a violation of whatever the violation is. Or if, and there's other reasons we pull people over now, but only for minor traffic violations. They, their vehicle can match a description of somebody we're looking for. Um, and with the robberies and strong arm robberies or, or the uh, burglaries that we have, sometimes all we have is a vehicle description. So we, there's a variety of reasons as to why, but if we're referring just to violations, you know, we we don't look at race. The, the race were, and when you can look at any time when somebody's coming up to a car, we we don't see the race until we're literally right at either at the at the trunk of your car or we're by your door. Uh, a lot, it's the violation that we're pulling over. Thank you. Okay, great. Thank you. I see our fire chief has joined us. We're happy to see you, sir. We'll circle back. Thank you for the flexibility, uh, duty called. Nothing to do with West Hollywood, so I have a big division, as you know, so I had to uh, wrangle some stuff up, so thank you for that. And it's nice to follow the sheriffs every once in a while. You know, I listen differently, you know. So, uh, well, Happy New Year to you all, and thank you for your support for this 2023. Now looking forward to 2024. Uh, your fire family is doing good. Um, with West Hollywood, uh, I don't have a report for you, and that is a Drew Smith issue. And I'll tell you my why. Megan does it. I looked at all the data, and I couldn't figure out how to compile it to give you something. I go, so I went through all the data and looked at stuff. I didn't see anything that was out of bounds. We're still maintaining about 20 runs a day within West Hollywood, and I didn't see anything by looking at the individual runs on how that looked. Um, that really stood out. But I'm sure that there may be an incident or two that you may want to talk about. We could do that. But that's why, full transparency, you don't have a report because that's a me thing. Megan's on vacation. Um, the holiday season uh, was, I feel, successful out here. We didn't have anything that was um, uh, really substantial. Everybody behaved, let's say. Uh, felt good because I have a lot of worries when we get into the holiday season with lights, candles, festivities that are going on with the, the population and density that we have in West Hollywood. It's always a concern of mine. And, um, and I briefed to that before we went into the holiday season. So as we look forward, uh, we're preparing for LA Marathon, which is going to be in March. So we'll be, of course, in unified command with LA City, um, LA County Sheriff's, uh, Department of Public Works and a whole vast array of folks for a successful LA Marathon. 
Um, and we're in the preparation planning phase for that and how it's going to look and what the impacts are going to be to West Hollywood. And so I haven't seen the route, any changes, so we're still in that um, planning phase for that. The um, Los Angeles County Fire Department is going through a major communication change, which will um, be giving us different option of channels and how we're going to conduct business so we're training our mutual aid partners in that these kind of changes happen with additional frequencies how we use them on structure fires how we use them on wildland fires uh, the communication center so as uh, technology changes we need to change as well so it's basically a technology change in how we're doing our channels but communication etiquette and how it's done is going to remain the same but we need to uh, train to the muscle memory that we've had on uh, how we're going to do business, but the way we run any of our incidents will be the same, but the menu will be different, if you will, on our communications plan, which by no stretch of imagination has anything to do with West Hollywood. It's with us and our mutual aid partners and how we do so. We train all of us together to make sure that if they come to our incident that they know the communication plan or we go to them, we go to their communication plan. So we're excited about it. It's going to um, bring a lot of technology into the way that we do business and we're really excited about that. And that changeover is going to happen January 22nd, which will have uh, really, you wouldn't even know unless I told you. So it's exciting news, so that's why I thought I'd talk about it. Um, always, we're doing our continued training with uh, West Hollywood sheriffs. So, all risk incidents, active shooter, multi casualties, we're consistently in communications and training to those component, uh, components because it's not if but when. And so, we're training, looking ahead for that. And we continue that. It's nothing new. We do that continually on best practice for those type of incidents. And um, just looking for winter safety. When we talk about holiday safety, I want to talk about winter safety. Um, so we want our residents to understand that space heaters, it gets cold, winter time happens, so just um, be aware of our residents on how they're utilizing appliances for the right reason. Not opening ovens to heat the house, which happens putting space heaters in places that is not surrounded by close objects that could potentially become flammable. And um, so those are concerns also during the winter time that I have uh, because it um, increases the vulnerability um, in, in, with our residences. So I just wanted to make that known. So be mindful. We want our residents to be mindful when they're using heating devices that there's ample space around them and what they're doing. Also with extension cord use with that, that those are for temporary. We don't want to overload any circuits. And so this, in the wintertime, we know that we do have a rise nationally with heating appliances, so I just want to make that known. Uh, so with that, um, also beginning of the year, smoke detectors, smoke detectors, smoke detectors. Batteries, batteries, batteries. Every room that somebody sleeps in needs to have uh, smoke detectors. So another thing, 
lot of people do it at the beginning of the year. Some people do it with daylight savings. So we just want to say is you can't change your batteries often enough and make sure that they're um, serviceable, meaning that they're new-ish, that you don't want something that's been up there for 30 years. So um, make sure that we have uh, our residents have smoke detectors where everybody sleeps. And with that, I'll uh, love to have uh, some questions come my way. Um, commissioners, questions? I have one question. All right, Commissioner Ramian. Um, Happy New Year, Captain. Thank you for your report. You're welcome. Um, I have a question in regards to, I don't know if this is going to be, falls under the fire department or, <clears throat> excuse me, to fall under the city, but it's, you know, we've been having a lot of earthquakes lately. A couple of earthquakes are hitting uh, mm -hmm. LA County. And I remember a couple of years ago, um, all the apartments in West Hollywood that were built after a certain year were all inspected and were deemed to have to be retrofitted, I believe, for earthquakes. Um, I know there are several properties that you know, have not gone through that process. And I don't know, is that something that the fire department is involved in with the city, since it is a, a structural um, problem that I have to make sure it's structurally safe for, for residents? And if so, what was the deadline for all of those retrofittings that had to be done? Okay, I don't know the deadline, but yes, we do play a role. So building and safety, plans that go on for any improvements that need to be done, need to go through the process in the fire department through the fire prevention office is part of that um, component with that on any retrofits that go on and upgrades or tenant improvements. That goes through our shop as well. I don't know at all when that deadline was supposed to be done. I don't know. But I want to talk to you really quick, if I can, on earthquakes. One thing that we do, so you know operationally what we do, anytime that we have an earthquake, we have an all call, and each station does a site survey, meaning is your station functional? Are the apparatus doors able to go up and down, and can you go on a response? Do we have communications? That's either a yes or no. That's reported to the jurisdictional battalion chief that touched bases with his or her stations within that battalion. They all report to him or her, and then we do an operational roll call within 15 minutes after an earthquake, starting in battalion one. And then they give a report, felt, not felt, and then any reportable damage is noted done because we want to make sure that we can have that operational efficiency in what we do because we have different levels of operation. If we have complete communication failures, we have bridges down, we have any infrastructure problems, um, there's a whole process. I just want to educate you in that because that's one of those components you talk about with what if we do have damage to buildings? Well, how does the fire department look at that? We also do, if we do feel something, we go, ooh, that was a big one. We do jurisdictional surveys where we make sure our station's safe and we can get our apparatus out and we go and we do jurisdictional surveys and we have to do those within 30 minutes and report back so we know the extent of the damage within the Los Angeles County Fire Department and all the stations and people that we protect on the magnitude so that can be relayed to if we need to build a big incident or if it's just centered somewhere else. I just want to give you an overview on some things that we do. You go, wow, I never knew that. So that's what we do. So you said within 30 minutes of an earthquake, you guys do a jurisdictional um, Correct. survey? Correct. Now, for West Hollywood, that's 1.9 miles. So Correct. between Division 7 and 8, you guys are just driving throughout Correct. West Hollywood, checking for structural damages. Yeah, they look at damage assessment. 
Mm -hmm. And so that's reportable. And if there's something they need, two things it does is it gets us out to look at whether it's day or night. Night is more challenging, as you can imagine. But if there's something that may not be able to be reported because of infrastructure, we can take action. We can get waved down. We could see something that happens. They can take action. Those radio communications goes on. So that's also one of the components besides um, identifying how strong it is or is not, if there's any structural damage or infrastructure damage, we also have the ability, if we come across something, to take action, but also call that we have an incident that requires more resources, we can get them in here. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, commissioners. Go ahead, Commissioner. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, just a quick question, because this is something that happened the other day. Um, I guess someone had called the fire department and they were going into, trying to get into an apartment building uh -huh. and nobody was answering the phone. Okay. And the only guy standing outside was someone who spoke Russian. And so, you know, um, a lot of the staff were like, do you speak Russian? I'm like, no. So then they couldn't get into the building. I mean, eventually they did. Is there, do you have Russian interpreters? Because I know a lot of our, um, according to the city, a lot of our residents from the Russian community are around 70, 80, 90 years old. So right. I assume they would, you know, use the fire department quite often. So how does that work? So we do have interpreters, and we actually um, contract with an interpreting service. So if we know that we have something and we have a language barrier, we can get that information through 911 dispatch that uses a interpretive service to get that relevant information and then the dispatcher will communicate that via radio or type it into a notes um, format and it'll come up on the engine company or piece of equipment's mobile data computer that we could also give that information. So we can do it via radio or we can do it via or both to where the, the engine company captain can see it on their mobile data computer. But yes, we have an interpretive service that we do have available to us, which is used quite frequently throughout the county or West Hollywood. It's, it's very common to use that service. Okay, and so then what would happen once the fire department gets in and the person or nobody in that apartment speaks Russian? So you can actually call somebody and have them interpret in real time and someone's always available. Yes, we have that availability, but I can tell you what usually happens is that we look for somebody so we don't have a telephone relay to where we have to hand the phone then go back or how it works. Most of the time what we'll do is we'll look at who's around us and ask if somebody speaks that language and can help us communicate that. That's the first course of action. Yeah, that's what they did with me. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, what that's, they'll do they, is they'll uh, say that. They asked me that and immediately. so you could see whether it's Russian or a Spanish speaker and um, maybe the West Hollywood firefighters are trying to have this um, conversation and shame on us if we don't go, hey, does anybody speak Russian right here? And you go, I do. Ooh, I need your help. And then we try to keep it, hopefully for you, and thank you for doing that, that they gave you short things to ask so it could be relayed. That, that is quite common with a lot, like in, in Rosemead, that has an Asian language component to it in Rosemead, that they 
we'll use somebody that's a bystander to help with that so we can have everything on site. Sometimes it's more efficient, but we do have that telephone service that we can do that to patch through with your firefighters that are on a scene. Okay, thank you. You're welcome, and thank you. How did it go on your end? Let's hear about how it went on your I end. I don't know, I ran away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess they eventually got in. It wasn't my apartment building, but okay. I, I assume they eventually got in. Okay. They were just stuck out there for a little while. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thanks um, for the help. I have a few questions, and sure. Director Revis, you might have the answers, piggybacking on what Commissioner Ramian asked. Um, in regards to the seismic retrofit, the date did change for completion, correct? Do you know what the new date is for like residential apartment buildings that I believe is, is that mandated by the state? Um, so I don't know whether or not it's, it's a mandate um, from the state, but um, obviously it's something that our city's building and safety division uh, has been working on for quite some time. Um, and so we do have a website. Um, and so as I heard the question, um, I certainly logged on to our city of West Hollywood website and I just Googled West Hollywood building and safety seismic retrofit program. Um, and so we do have a subpage there. And so what I do see here um, is that uh, there are a couple of milestone dates. And so we have a, a few um, this year. My understanding is what you just mentioned is that there were some dates that got pushed back. Um, and so what I'm seeing here is there's three different types of priority levels that have been established um, based on, uh, I'm assuming, the, the condition of a property or the construction of a particular property. But what we have is for priority one uh, properties, um, they have to submit their retrofit plans by September 29th of this year. Um, priority two, um, December 8th of this year. Um, and then priority three properties, uh, March 2nd of 2025 of next year. Um, and then uh, going back to priority one, so they have the retrofit plan dates of September 29th of this year. And then um, they are required to complete construction um, two years excuse me, three years as I'm looking at the table, um, three years from that date. Um, and so obviously there's a lot of construction and inspections and so forth that goes on in between that time. Um, but for members of the public and as well as the commission, feel free to Google that, access that city website, and then you'll be able to acquire that information. But that's what I have so far. Okay, thank you. Sure. And um, also um, our fire chief did mention um, fire safety at this time of year, space heaters, candles. Uh, if I'm correct, Director Rivas, we had this discussion with the last commission, and I asked if there was a way that the city could disseminate information to residents and also make sure that landlords are up to code with um, fire detectors and units. Um, have we made any headway there that you're aware of? Um, so in terms of um, when that was brought up um, with the previous commission, um, we did issue a press release. We did work with our fire chief um, in the LA County Fire Department to get information. And so we did push that out. Um, we can certainly make sure that we're doing that again in terms of working with our communications department. Um, but one of the things that is gonna be extremely helpful 
um, that is uh, planned to be implemented this calendar year um, from our Neighborhood and Business Safety Division is a proactive multifamily inspection program. Um, it is a pilot program. Um, but it is something that the city council had given uh, staff direction on actually a couple of years ago. Um, and so it's, it's because of COVID and, and other um, issues, um, it prolonged the implementation, but I'm happy to report that um, this is planned to um, start um, in the first quarter of this calendar year um, in terms of having a proactive inspections that are gonna be completed by code enforcement officers. Um, and so what that will involve is um, them looking at smoke detector, carbon monoxide um, uh, detectors, um, and really looking at um, more of your um, essential uh, housing uh, habitability requirements, um, ensuring that you know their properties have um, heat, um, that they have hot water um, and, and stuff of that sort. And so um, that is something that um, will be done. Um, and so part of the program is that these code enforcement officers will be um, inspecting the common areas of a building, looking at the exterior, looking at the common with the elevators, the hallways, if there's a laundry rooms, et cetera. And then when they're doing so, they're gonna be posting and notifying the residents in that building when they're planning to come. Um, and if a tenant wishes to invite um, a code enforcement officer to do an inspection in the interior of their unit, then that's uh, when uh, that code enforcement officer would be looking at the things that I just mentioned. But anything in the common areas, again, um, you know, they'll be looking at that, exits, et cetera. And will they also, if allowed entry into an individual's unit, will they be able to inspect uh, the heating elements? I know a lot of the buildings um, have gas heating, and I know some of the elements or the filaments that are part of the system have um, changed over the years, and systems need to be upgraded. So will they be able to do that as well? Um, so they don't look at whether or not, um, you know, something needs to be upgraded, um, but uh, essentially what they will be focused on is whether or not that uh, that device is providing what its intended use is for, right? So um, a communication will be occurring, right, with the tenant. Again, I want to emphasize that it is a, a voluntary um, housing inspection, and so code enforcement officers are not going to be um, you know, uh, forcefully entering into uh, somebody's unit, a tenant would have to request that, but of course they would be notified and, and would have to do so and communicate that. But yes, I mean, they will be looking at, okay, is your heater working properly? Um, they will ask the tenant to turn it on or they'll turn it on themselves um, to make sure that the heater is functioning the way that it should be. Um, and then checking again, as I mentioned, for like hot water, et cetera. So they're just looking at the safety and, and the essential because that's what the housing uh, code provides, and so that's what they would be working off of. But it wouldn't give them the ability to say, hey, you know what, you have a, an older unit um, in your, right, in, in your uh, residence, and it needs to be upgraded by the landlord. That's not something that they would be looking into. Okay, great, but it sounds like an amazing program. Thank you. Sure. Very excited about that. Um, commissioners, any other questions that anyone has for our fire chief before we move on? And Director Rivas, just for procedural reasons, um, I just want to make sure we don't have any comments in chambers. We do not. Okay, great. Thank you, sir.
Happy Thank New you. Year. Happy Great New Year. to see you. Um, up next on our agenda is our monthly Block by Block Security Ambassadors Report. Good evening, Commissioners. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right. So for uh, the month of December, our ambassadors conducted about 5,037 business contacts uh, throughout the city. Um, this has been a focal point for us to make sure that we are staying uh, present uh, and vigilant uh, in, on, the prom on the boulevard, especially uh, when it comes to our, our businesses um, and remain a, have a consistent presence on the boulevard. Um, we responded to 1,260 uh, unhoused contacts. Um, to put this in perspective, this is about 40 contacts per day, about two per hour which is pretty average over what we've been kind of seeing over the last few months. In addition, we had about 426 uh, calls for service. On average, that's about 13 calls per day, about one call per hour. Um, the month of December, when compared to November, did see a decline in some of these aspects. We did see, obviously, more, more rain, uh, more inclement weather, and so when we have that happen, we tend to see less uh, unhoused individuals, you know, out on the, out on the street. Um, I did want to highlight some items in December that uh, were notable for our teams. Uh, based on trends that we saw for last year, uh, especially in the residential areas, we, we definitely tried to amp up our vigilance in those areas. Um, especially around suspicious activity individuals um, that might be lingering a little too long uh, in residential areas, especially with um, the holidays uh, in full swing. We did provide about two weeks of 24-7 uh, service at the Sierra Bonita kiosk um, in an effort to make sure that we had nobody uh, trespassing that, that uh, home in process while the uh, property owner was getting their own uh, private security. Um, on December 22nd, we were able to assist uh, with a report of a potential overdose that took place on Santa Monica and Curse on Crescent Heights, uh, that corner of the uh, abandoned, uh, I believe, Bank of America building. Uh, one of our ambassadors was on a proactive patrol, identified a, a well-known individual in the unhoused uh, community that was unresponsive. He quickly called it in. Um, myself and another supervisor were able to respond within minutes um, while we were also contacting uh, 911. Uh, we administered four uh, doses of Narcan plus some CPR uh, chest compressions. Uh, EMS arrived shortly later, provided additional oxygen, and this individual was um, able to walk away that, that day. So um, we were really proud of the work that we were able to do with this individual. Um, and so I think that um, that solidified the, the need for us to continue our Narcan training. So um, over the last 
couple of months, we've been talking with Be Alive, um, a social service partner here in West Hollywood. So we've got some additional Narcan training scheduled uh, next week, Wednesday, as well as the following week um, to really kind of solidify the need for expanded Narcan training. We already provide that internally, um, but we thought an expanding uh, refresher course might be really beneficial, um, especially as it gets colder. You know, we're seeing that, um, you know, that might be a trend that might be picking up, unfortunately. Uh, in, um, oh, uh, in addition, we uh, invested in additional de-escalation training with our supervisors in December. And so uh, this expanded uh, de-escalation training uh, will allow us to continue to uh, approach uh, interactions in a safe and meaningful, meaningful manner, um, always focusing on de-escalation de techniques. And so um, these expanded resources and training will continue to improve on how we uh, interact with folks um, on the street. And so um, over the next about month, month and a half, we'll condense that really uh, intense training on something that is really meaningful and, di and digestible for our teams. And then as continued follow-up uh, with our sensitivity training, especially around LGBTQ+, we have um, identified a consultant company that um, is finalizing uh, some uh, additional training, uh, in-depth training uh, for our ambassadors in the next, hopefully within the next month. Um, and so some components around that training to really uh, make sure that our ambassadors are approaching all those interactions within the community around sensitivity are to make sure that uh, we understand and uh, relate to terminology and concepts related to gender, um, that our ambassadors are able to reflect on their own relationships with gender and gender identity, um, that we're able to name practices and techniques that um, honor diverse identities and build trust in the community, as well as um, build opportunities to develop and practice uh, inquiry and recovery skills uh, for use when encountering un, um, unexpected or perceived unaccepted behavior um, by diverse visitors. I think the most important thing is the recovery. You know, if we um, misgender somebody or if we in any way engage in any conversation that might be deemed um, disrespectful, um, we wanna make sure that we're able to recover, you know, and, and, um, and, and, and justify a, or not justify, sorry, um, move forward positively with conversations within the community. Um, I think that's all I have to report. So if any of you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer those now. Commissioners? Yeah, Commissioner Freiberg? Hello, Erica. Hi. Uh, thank you for your presentation. Uh, just a couple quick questions. Um, oh, so I did see on the paperwork that you do train, do you train uh, block by block for social services for the city? We do. You do, so they all know about it and they'll know where to send them and everything. Okay, that's great. Yeah, we use, we use uh, pamphlets that we get from the city and okay. so part of the training is um, the, server, uh, the social service providers when they're here, who we can, who we can call. Um, and so um, anytime we have a social service provider in the city offering services, it's part of our pre-shift. So we let our ambassadors know, hey, don't forget, you know, today's Tuesday, um, 
you know, we're going to be at Plummer Park. They're going to offer medical services. Um, and so make sure any interactions that we have, we're sending those folks there. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's great. And that's great for the city, too, because it's always so hard to get the word out about the social services, which leads me to your hospitality assistance increased mm -hmm. from last year, 2,732. Um, was it the refrigerator magnets that have been getting the word out about your services? I mean, that's incredible that it went up that high. So I'm kind of wondering how that happened. So um, are you referring to the All City? Uh, I think it was. I don't have the paperwork in front of me. I just have my... Uh... Yeah, so I, I think the... Con well, I know the conversations um, since, since I've been here um, and, and overseeing the program is the importance of hospitality. That's one thing that whenever we're hiring new individuals, that's the first thing that we wanna make sure that our ambassadors are friendly and approachable um, and engaging in conversation before anybody engages with us. And so um, that involves making sure that uh, we've got current information about you know, events in the city, um, you know, making recommendations, uh, making sure that we're equipping our ambassadors with any tools they can to make sure that they have meaningful conversations and providing information um, to visitors and residents in the city. Um, so that's definitely a continued focus for us, and so you'll continue to see um, those numbers from us for sure. Okay, and the last thing, I had mentioned this several times, going back to the Shea days, uh, visiting senior buildings in the city. Have you guys done that yet? You know, I haven't had the chance to do that, Joy. I actually, um, if there's any contacts um, that you can provide, I know that I'm still getting, um, you know, uh, community members that reach out to me directly. Um, but if I haven't had a chance to do that, I encourage them to to do so. Um, if uh, if they if they want to do that, I'd be yeah, more than happy to do that. Yeah, I'm sure Danny and Jessica can definitely give you a list of the senior buildings in the city. Yeah. Okay, and that's it. Thank you, Erica. You're welcome. Um, commissioners, just had a quick question. I, I assume the spikes, hello. Hi. Um, I assume the spikes are, uh, there's some pretty drastic spikes in some of the data, but I assume that's because of when the contract started from Correct. 22, right? Yeah, okay. I did want to also um, make that uh, notable um, difference so our contracts with especially within around the west side residential started in october of last year so that's where you'll kind of see a lot of those increases we added an additional 30 ambassadors so you're gonna see a lot more contacts um, to add more context um, while we don't have a database around um, persons of interest for example you know common individuals that we see on the street a lot of these numbers are, we're making multiple contacts per day, sometimes with the same individuals. You know, if we're having them relocate from one area, unfortunately, a lot of the times they're gonna relocate to other parts of the city. And so while, you know, there might be individuals who we know are maybe exhibiting really unwanted behaviors and we're kind of keeping close eye on those individuals, there are plenty of times where, you know, we're making contacts with the same individuals because we're just simply asking them to relocate from different areas of the city. Yeah. Commissioners, Commissioner Ramey. Uh, good evening, Erica. Thank Hi. you for your report and Happy New Year to you. Um, I think you answered part of my question just right now. Um, in regards to the unhoused contacts that uh, you guys had just in, on Santa Monica Boulevard alone uh, was 641 um, 
And that's a significant increase mm -hmm. uh, from last year. And you had said that you have multiple contacts with some of the unhoused people, so I'm assuming that's why the number could be also very high. But my other question is, who is initiating these contacts with the unhoused? Is it business-driven? Is it the ambassadors? Is it the unhoused stopping you guys, asking for assistance? Um, so that's my one question in regards to the unhoused contacts. Um, the other question I have uh, in regards to the safety escorts, there were 33, I believe, uh, for the Santa Monica Boulevard District. And I'm just curious, how are those uh, requests being initiated? Are they going to the kiosks? Because I don't believe the kiosks are operational um, late at night. Um, are they just seeing the ambassadors on Santa Monica Boulevard? And what is the assistance? Is it, can you walk me to the parking lot? Can you walk me to my apartment? Um, and if it is walk me to my apartment, are they done in pairs uh, to prevent any uh, accusations that may arise in regards to those escorts? Um, in regards to unhoused contacts uh, within the city, it's uh, within Santa Monica Boulevard, it could be a combination. Um, a lot of the times it's proactive patrols. A lot of the activity that we do see is on the boulevard. And so it's whether our ambassadors are on patrol and they encounter someone, a lot of times it's a, um, a proactive uh, patrol. Um, sometimes it's calls for service. It really just depends. It, it, it can go, it can come from any form of um, communication, but I can say that a majority of the ones on Santa Monica are proactive patrol. Um, with safety escorts, so safety escorts also come in, in different ways. So for example, if we have um, a meeting that we've been requested to provide assistance to, sometimes in those meeting requests, um, they'll include a specific like safety escort for specific individuals following that meeting, so they can happen there. Um, they can uh, be called in, so we've had businesses call in, you know, especially at night, um, where they might not be safe leaving, you know, through a back alley, so they'll request an, an escort. Um, in regards to the question about when it comes in pairs, um, generally, the times that we um, are uh, responding for calls for service um, in pairs is at night. So our overnight teams will always respond in pairs. Um, anything that happens during the day, uh, we generally don't unless we think that we might need um, you know, additional assistance. But when we do provide those escorts, they're being logged um, you know, with the name, who requested it, and where they're going. Um, in regards to your question about um, where we're um, providing these services, so it's within the city. If, if we can walk somebody, you know, a distance, you know, a, a reasonable distance, we'll walk. So, for example, if someone's um, requesting, you know, uh, to be walked, you know, across the street to a nearby residence, absolutely, we can do that. Um, now, going inside private property, no. As soon as we get them to their desired destination, then that is where, um, you know, the service, the service ends. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, I have two questions on the medical incident where you assisted with Narcan. Do you happen to know the date of that incident? Yeah, uh, the 22nd. That was a Friday approximately, I think it was like 10.30 a.m. I think I listed it in the um, uh, police response report. Okay. Okay, and then um, a very sensitive um, topic, bus shelters. 
sometimes our unhoused communities will lobby at bus shelters, mm -hmm. um, making it harder for individuals that need to use the shelters while they're waiting for um, MTA. Um, how do you handle those situations? It's challenging. Um, so the first thing, if someone is laying down you know, in, in, in a public right away or in a public structure that is meant for public use, then we will address it. We will ask for compliance. We'll ask folks to sit up, um, you know, to make sure that those are accessible to the public as well. Um, if folks are exhibiting unwanted behaviors, you know, they're drinking openly or, you know, using substances openly, that's another way that we'll address folks in those areas. Um, if we see that people have a large amount of belongings with them that's blocking, you know, seating in those areas, we'll address it too. Um, so it, it really just depends. If folks are just sitting there, you know, because a lot of the shelters have charging stations, they're charging their phones. You know, they're not, they're not doing anything illegal. So unless, um, again, they're uh, in a state where they're, you know, would I just describe those three main things? Um, we, we don't bother them, okay. unfortunately, Thank yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, commissioners, any additional questions? Hi, Erica. Hi. Um, thanks for your report. Um, so West Hollywood Park, mm -hmm. I believe the 24-hour bathrooms are going into effect, is it this month? Has it started yet? Not that I'm aware of. That is still something that is being, I think, discussed within the city. So it's not something that um, we've been um, asked to do yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, I thought that it had been approved for here. Plummer Park, we were still waiting to hear. But I was just wondering how it was going because I know that um, Block by Block is going, to, is going to be there when that happens just to see how, it, how it's going for you. Yeah. But if Once, it hasn't started yet. Yeah. Well, once we receive the details of, um, you know, what the need is going to be, especially mm -hmm. as we, you know, go into like overnight, you know, currently we're there until midnight, right. um, then we'll be able to adjust our deployments to make sure that we have coverage. So great. Well, when it does start happening, it'd be nice to just hear how it's going once it does. Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, great. Um, before we move on, just um, I want to double check. Director Revis, that we don't have any public comments in chambers for block oh, by block? We, we do not. Okay, great. Thank you very much for your time. Thank Happy you. New Year. Um, item eight is items from staff. Uh, Director Revis, do we have any updates this evening? I do. Um, thank you and, and Happy New Year um, to all of the commissioners. Um, Danny Rivas here, Director of Community Safety for the City of West Hollywood. Um, I wanted to, to start off uh, first by um, being excited to announce a new member of our Community Safety Department team, um, Anita Shandi, uh, who's uh, sitting to my left uh, here, um, has started her role as our new Public Safety Manager. Um, in the department, um, and so I certainly want to turn it over to her and give her an opportunity um, to uh, provide some, some background. Thank you, Danny. Good evening, Chair, Vice Chair, members of the Commission. Your dedication to public safety has laid a strong foundation for the City of West Hollywood, and I'm honored to join this team with you. 
Together, we share a common goal to create a safe and secure environment for every member of our community. I am fully committed to building upon the achievements of this commission, working collaboratively, collaboratively with each of you to enhance our public safety initiatives. I spent the last 14 years with the City of Glendale Fire Department working on large-scale emergency incidents and unified command, collaborating with law enforcement, serving as liaison to the media and elected officials, and providing community outreach, emergency preparedness, and training to the community. I look forward to the opportunity to contribute to the continued success of the Public Safety Commission, providing a sense of security that extends to every corner of this community. Thank you for this opportunity. Great, thank you, and welcome. Yeah, so again, just super excited um, uh, to have Anita join join our team, and so certainly going to be um, having her lead a, a number of, of initiatives and, and uh, items that we have um, in the public safety uh, division and in our community safety department. And so she'll certainly be attending all of the public safety commission meetings um, and uh, assisting and, and working with all of you uh, here as well as for our community members and our public safety agency partners. Um, I also wanted to um, provide uh, a follow-up update um, regarding uh, the property at 1030 Sierra Bonita um, here in the city of West Hollywood. And so I'm, I'm uh, pleased to report that um, the uh, property owner uh, did uh, demolish uh, the unsafe structures um, that were on the property. Um, and so all of that um, was finalized um, last week. Um, there still is a demolition permit um, that's active um, on the site. And so kind of the final steps in that process will be for the property owner's contractor to contact our city's building and safety division um, and ensure that a building inspection is performed to ensure that you know all of the utilities, et cetera, have been capped uh, appropriately. Um, and then in addition to that, we'll have our code enforcement team um, that also either join that inspection or perform an inspection afterwards um, to ensure that um, everything has been uh, cleaned and, and done to, um, to the city's satisfaction. Um, we have communicated that with, uh, with neighbors um, and certainly received uh, a, a number of, of comments and, and emails from uh, neighbors um, in terms of being pleased as well with, uh, with the work that has been accomplished there. Um, there will be some um, additional communication to the property owner in terms of uh, placing uh, some sort of or and or repairing some of the fencing. Um, the common fencing is what we refer to um, in between uh, some of the neighboring properties um, just to make sure that that is uh, kept secure. Um, the on-site security uh, will no longer uh, be in effect um, given that the structures um, have now been demolished. Um, and so I certainly wanted to provide the, the commission here um, with that update as well as members uh, of our community. Um, and then I also just wanted to bring to the commission's attention, um, given that it is the beginning of the year, um, we have um, some items that are reflected on the Public Safety Commission's work plan. Um, and one of those items um, that is um, of obvious uh, importance uh, is our um, Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department contract. And so um, as we get near, I know right now it's January, but we begin um, discussing um, internally kind of the budgetary process involved uh, with making recommendations, et cetera, to the city council. And so uh, more than likely I'll be placing uh, an item on next month's agenda 
um, as it relates to some of our, our public safety uh, agency contracts. And then, uh, of course, giving the commission an ample opportunity to provide their recommendations, which we would then incorporate um, and bring forth to the city council um, during their discussion. So that concludes uh, my comments, and I'm certainly happy to answer any questions the commission may have. Um, commissioners, any questions for Director Rivas? Um, just one question. Uh, good evening and Happy New Year, Director Rivas. Um, in regards to the 1030 property on Sierra Bonita, um, do you know if they will be uh, putting fencing around that property? Because currently now I know that the entire, uh, it is bulldozed, everything is completely gone. Um, you can see Gardner from Sierra Bonita. It's, it's nice to see it completely um, demolished and making it safe for the neighboring neighbors uh, who are right besides that. But my next concern is going to be um, putting some kind of fencing around it, like the one that is on the other side of the property, uh, other side of Sierra Bonita, um, just to, to make it some kind of safe that people don't go in there and just hang out or, or do whatever. Do you know if that's going to be happening? So um, we don't allow um, chain link fencing, and I know the property that you're referring to that's across the street, um, and I've been by the site, you know, since it's been demolished at least twice. Um, and so uh, we, uh, the city does not approve temporary uh, construction fencing is what we would refer to it as, right, which is your chain link with like a green mesh attached to it, um, unless somebody has an active building permit. Um, and so that property does not have an active building permit. Uh, demolition permit is different, um, but it is something that we would potentially be uh, considering. Um, but I think, you know, along kind of the common fencing that I was referring to, you know, um, that's adjacent to the rear property on Gardner, right? And then to the left or right, if you're facing the property, right, those properties there, um, having some other type of approved fencing material reestablished there. Um, in terms of the front, um, where there's a white a picket uh, wooden fence that's there, um, the chain link may be, temporary chain link fencing may be something that we would approve or consider, um, but that is still something that we're discussing and that we'll be communicating with the property owner. But we certainly share uh, similar concerns. We don't want a vacant lot to turn into um, a potential illegal dumping um, a location of any sort. Um, and just know that even though uh, security will not be on site, um, our code enforcement team, our block-by-block -block security ambassador team will continue to um, patrol the area um, at different hours throughout the, the days to make sure that if there is something um, that emerges um, on the site, if folks are utilizing that or trying to hang out um, on the property and they shouldn't be, that we would be able to identify that and address it swiftly um, prior to any sort of fencing uh, being installed. Commissioners, any additional questions? Thank you, Director Rivas. Um, also about the property on Sierra Bonita, there was a point where the city had um, block by block, there is security, before the, uh, the owner of the property got their own security in there. Does the city get that money back? Do we charge them for what we paid block by block to secure their property? 
Yeah, so um, that, that does get a little uh, tricky um, at times, but the short answer is yes. The, the city does have the ability to um, recover costs associated with providing um, a type of service, right, like security uh, on a property once we've ordered it. Um, and so in, in this instance, there was a couple of days prior to the property owner placing security on site um, that the city did make a decision in terms of uh, relocating and having um, some of our block-by-block -block security ambassadors there. Um, so we will be um, incorporating that um, as a part of any sort of recovery process that we decide to take uh, on the property, but that's still something that's being reviewed by our legal team. Good. Thank you. Sure. Um, commissioners, any additional questions for Director Reedus? Okay, great. Moving on, um, item nine is public comments. Just want to make sure that we don't have anyone in chambers. We do not, Chair. Great. Thank you, Director Reedus. Um, item 10 is commissioner comments. Commissioners, does anyone have any comments this evening? Yes. Go ahead. Um, I don't know who to address this to. Maybe Director Rivas, you could help me out on this. Um, I have a concern um, at the Hancock parking lot off of Santa Monica Boulevard, the Tender Greens parking lot. And every Sunday when I go in there to park, uh, it's like an empty liquor store down there. Um, and I, for a fact I know, because I have witnessed it with my own eyes, um, every Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights in the lower parking lot, you know, is where everyone's going out, hanging out, and drinking in their cars. Um, and I'm not saying everyone's, you're not going to find 20, 30 people there at one time, but you will find four to five people throughout the lower parking lot um, drinking in their vehicles. You know, when I pull in at uh, 9 o'clock in the morning, there's empty bottles of, you know, vodka, gin, beer, uh, and my question is, I guess what I'm trying to aim to is, um, that is a big public safety issue. Not only are they drinking uh, and then possibly going in their vehicles and driving, uh, going to whatever destinations they're going home or what not be, uh, but also, you know, it becomes a big safety issue when people are getting intoxicated down there and assaults can happen. So I know that that Hancock lot used to have security guards uh, patrolling the area, um, but I haven't seen them. I know they have, a they have a guard at night. I believe that gets posted there like around 7 o'clock at night. But in regards to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I don't know. So I would like to know what the policy is for that uh, parking structure to having a, sec a visible security guard patrolling to help hopefully deter people from drinking in the parking lots and they can drink in the bars where the drinking should happen. Yeah, we'll definitely look into um, what type of services maybe were provided in the past, um, and we'll work with our uh, parking services division that uh, manages any sort of city parking um, lots and kind of look at the agreement. So we'll, we'll look at uh, what was done in the past, what's being done now, 
um, and then seeing what uh, potentially can be done, you know, moving forward based off of what you described. Um, and it sounds like Fridays and Saturdays, right, is probably when this is occurring because your point, you, you parked there uh, on Sunday and so you're seeing kind of the aftermath, right, of what's been done. So um, we'll take a look at it. Um, you know, I don't know the full background. It, it, obviously, it's, it's private property. It's not city owned. Um, and so we probably have some sort of a lease agreement and, and have folks obviously that manage that. But we'll get more information and definitely look into that. Thank you. Sure. Uh, commissioners? All right, thank you, Director Rivas. Uh, thank you to all of our very valuable agencies that support our city and keep us safe for being with us. Um, I look forward to working with the commissioners this year, 2024, um, and making some positive change in the city. Again, I think we have a great commission. I'm excited. So with that being said, we are adjourned until February 12th, which is right before Valentine's Day. If anyone would like to bring chocolates to share, I'm sure um, we have some people in chambers that do love chocolate. So good night, everyone, and please be safe.
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it. It became a rock and roll village, a community. later his team called me and said hey we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit and I thought absolutely let's do it here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it, it became a rock and roll village, a community. later his team called me and said hey we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit and I thought absolutely let's do it We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it, it became a rock and roll village, a community. weeks later, his team called me and said, hey, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy. Uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit? And I thought, absolutely, let's do it. We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it. It became a rock and roll village, a community. later his team called me and said hey we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit and I thought absolutely let's do it We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it, it became a rock and roll village, a community. weeks later, his team called me and said, hey, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy. Uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit? And I thought, absolutely, let's do it. We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it, it became a rock and roll village, a community. later his team called me and said hey we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit and I thought absolutely let's do it We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it. It became a rock and roll village, a community. weeks later, his team called me and said, hey, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy. Uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit? And I thought, absolutely, let's do it. We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it. It became a rock and roll village, a community. later his team called me and said hey we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit and I thought absolutely let's do it We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. special thing that we can do this in the middle of winter, bring the snow to people. I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time, but we know how important it is for people to spend time together. And it's really nice that we can do it in this way. So really happy to be here.
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it, it became a rock and roll village, a community. But a few weeks later, his team called me and said, hey, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy. Uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit? And I thought, absolutely, let's do it. We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it, it became a rock and roll village, a community. later his team called me and said hey we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit and I thought absolutely let's do it We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it, it became a rock and roll village, a community. later his team called me and said hey we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit and I thought absolutely let's do it We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. thing that we can do this in the middle of winter bring the snow to people I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time but we know how important it is for people to spend time together and it's really nice that we can do it in this way so really happy to be here
from the rainbow to the Roxy to the whiskey, all of it. It became a rock and roll village, a community. But a few weeks later, his team called me and said, hey, we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Roxy. Uh, would you be interested in doing an exhibit? And I thought, absolutely, let's do it. We're here at Winter Wonderland in the city of West Hollywood and our amazing recreation department has put on another spectacular program for our community. And we're really excited at the opportunity to provide programs and services like this. It gives the ability for a community to come together and build relationships with one another as they go through our programs from infancy to adulthood. It's important to have these events because we have such such amazing people in the community and we want to make sure we have a diversity of programs and give people a chance to experience snow which we don't usually get to experience here in West Hollywood. special thing that we can do this in the middle of winter, bring the snow to people. I know it's hard for folks to get out of town and have that time, but we know how important it is for people to spend time together. And it's really nice that we can do it in this way. So really happy to be here. 